this evening. In a moment, there's going to be a, a headline that's going to come on the screens, and I wonder, whilst that's coming on, if you could again reach either in front of you or underneath you, because I want you to just grab this card, if you will, please. And once you've got the card, I want you to wave it at me. Okay? Wonderful. Come on, I want to see some... Come on, Robert, I want to see some waving. Robert knew I was going to say that. Robert, get your card and wave it. They're, oh, he's got two, double blessing. <laughs> Wonderful. Great. Just hold them there for a moment. We don't need to be fanning any, anybody. You can just hold them there. Just keep them in your hand. I want you to take these away with you. Even if it's your first time tonight, I want you to take it away with you. It will bless you because it's the Bible. On one side it says 2014, a year of strengthening. And I'll make mention of that in a moment. But on the reverse side, there's a verse of scripture that means an awful lot to us here at Arena Church. It's a now word for us. It's a now word for us. And um, it was back in October, whilst we were on our annual holiday, and upon coming back, Phil, as he often does, says, said to me, Christian, what are you sensing for the coming year? And immediately I said, Phil, it's going to be a year of strengthening. Remember going into an elders meeting as they sat around, there's a number of the guys who sat around, and we just began to talk about this year of strengthening. I knew that's exactly what the Lord wanted uh, for, for Arena Church. You see, 2013 has been a year of extended. It's been a year of lengthening. We've had the joy of, I mean, we must be out completely off our rocker and off our trolleys because we didn't just take this building in April, but we also took another building just about four or five months before that, a 7,000 square foot factory unit in Ilkeston. For those who've never been over to Ilkeston, it's a great town. It's got a great football team, got a great town center. It's also got a great church called Arena Church. And um, it's, it's much more established than where we are here, but it's where we want to get to here because uh, over a number of years, we've developed a, a, a real profile of community. I say that without, again, without sounding conceited at all, but there's been the favor of God that's been upon it. We have such good rapport with um, the council, with social services, with about 30 different agencies. It's just wonderful. And we took a building on that we run food bank and furniture bank and and uh, clothing bank, and feed people, and it's just wonderful. So we were lengthening. 2013, we've launched off a number of, of, number of ministries. Um, Josh is here, who's our youth pastor, and, and the, the youth is, has grown incredibly well. There's TMP that's been running. There's other outreaches and ministries that have been launched that are going to come to Mansfield as well. Coming soon, as the cinema would say. So there's been a lot of lengthening. But what we felt was that it needs to be a year of strengthening. So I wonder if you just take the card, and I'm going to read it uh, first of all, and then I'm going to ask us all to read it together. Because it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Love that thought that Andy just shared with regards to finances. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. I wonder after three if we just... Read it out loud, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This might be a word for somebody tonight. So after three, one, two, three. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. This is a picture of a tent, because that's all they really knew. 
And I, I've said before, I've gone on record, that I'm not a huge camper by, by a, any shape or form, really. Um, but I do understand something about camping, and that is if you're putting up a, a, a small tent, you need small pegs, but you need to drive them into the ground. But if you're going to put up a huge circus kind of marquee, you better make sure you've got some big stakes and you drive them deep into the ground. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? And this is what we're talking about because we really believe that the larger the structure, the bigger the pegs and the deeper the pegs must be driven. Now, we're not talking about a year of strengthening in Arena Church because we're weak because that is simply not the case. Uh, again, I'm not at all wanting to blow our own trumpet, but I think we, we do some things really, really well and some things that we need to improve on. But we're certainly not coming from a position of weakness. You haven't got a weak leadership, if I can say that. You haven't got weak uh, financial structures. You haven't got weak worship. You haven't got weak, you know, structures that run through the church. There's a strength. But we recognize that we can go deeper and we can be stronger. And that is what we're talking about this evening. So just over the course of this time that we've got together, I just want to talk around two things. And in a moment, I'm going to be tagging with, with Paul. Um, it's a little bit like, can you remember the, the Saturday afternoon wrestling that used to go on? Anybody old enough to remember the Saturday af- afternoon wrestling? Phil burst my bubble a few months ago because he said it was all put on and fake. I can't believe it. I thought it was real. One, two, three. I thought that was all real. But anyway, there we go. So Paul and I are going to do a bit of tagging. And I'm going to just introduce it as I'm doing now. And then I'm going to talk to us about stronger me, how we can become stronger. So there's something for you. And Paul, uh, and we shared that this morning, it was brilliant. Paul's just going to talk about stronger we, how we can, we together, how together we can be stronger. But before we do that, there should be a DVD and we're, we're, we're pretty much ready. And we'll watch this DVD and you may say, this is a bit random. Well, it is. And then I'll just make a reference about it and then Paul's going to come straight on. So let's run it. Thank you. Your focus is completely on cardio. You're gonna work the heart rate and you're gonna get extremely fit. Are we good, guys? We're gonna progress through some movements. They're gonna get harder as we go along, but you should stay focused. Now remember, Tiny's the modifier here. She can help take you through. Ready? We're gonna go on to the toes right now. Come on to the toes. Now your heels are off the floor. Progressing into a run. Okay, so our feet go flat at first. Now, you may be wondering, why on earth has Sean T been in church at Arena Church? You have no idea what I'm talking about. Sean T's the guy who's in the middle. Well, this is a bit of a regime that Carolina just and I are working through at the moment. And uh, it's quite interesting. As I was just going through some of those routines, it, it, it was almost like God was speaking to me, believe it or not. Because he often makes this statement that it's through resistance that we become stronger and then he talks about this guy and you you didn't really get it on there but he talks about working on the core working on the core that got me thinking arena church has a core of people we thank god for the core but the core needs to grow deeper and it needs to go stronger and it needs to grow larger 
there's a core of about 50 people at, at Ilkeston, 50 to 60. We need to double it. There's a core of about 20 people here at Mansfield. We need to double it, triple it, quadruple it if we're going to do all that we want to do in Mansfield and beyond. You see, we've got to work on the core. But we've also got to work on our core. It's interesting that when I, with my hard-earned cash, went and bought those DVDs, and ready because I really do want to get fit. I want to get fitter because, not because I just want to drop weight and I don't want any comments from anybody looking at me thinking, well, we, you, need, you need to. I know I need to. That's why I'm working on it. But I want to get fitter because I really believe there's some good days ahead and I want to make sure that I'm fit and strong and ready in the physical. Yeah? Anybody with me? And so when I, was, when I got these DVDs through, I was laughing to myself. Caroline was out. She's a lot fitter than I am. Um... But I put it on my laptop, and for the first, and that's, that's just a dot, they're warm-ups. I was watching this stuff, and, I was, and, and immediately I'm thinking, Christian, what have you done buying this DVD? You've got no chance doing this. I was defeated before I was even started. And when we're looking about strengthening, and I'm talking about these things, some of you could even be thinking that now, oh, don't talk to me about strengthening, I'm weak, I'm too in, 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 undisciplined, I'll never do it. I want you to stop that negative thought now. Just arrest that negative thought. Because actually, it's through small steps that significant results take place. You didn't see it. There was a lovely Chinese lady who was on the right-hand side. She had a blue T-shirt on. She's called the modifier. I like the modifier. Because the modifier does modifications. She's not doing all the full stuff. She's working on the core, but it's much less impact. I need the modifier. Some of you tonight are going to need the modifier. You're just going to need to go at a gentle pace. But I want to encourage us because God wants to take us stronger. He wants to take us deeper. We can strengthen. This year we want to show you, teach you and help you to be strengthened in your faith, in your understanding, in your minds, in your internal worlds. We want to strengthen your finances. We want to strengthen the teams. You see, what we're talking about here is discipleship. That's what we're really talking about. If you want to know what Arena Church is really all about, Paul will will pick up on it. One of the core principles is discipleship. Which discipleship is basically, if Jesus says it, then I do it. It's as simple as that. There are no excuses. I just had a conversation with Josh around a context that's not for tonight. But the conversation existed around somebody who was not living in discipleship. That's all it is. The Bible says something, and we need to live by the Bible. I don't, be- I, no, I don't believe. I don't like everything that I see in this book. Anybody else with me? Oh, I'm the only one. There's some things, because I want to get revenge. When somebody hurts me, I want to smack them back twice as hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But my Bible tells me that I need to love those people who hurt me. In fact, I need to love my enemies. That's difficult. But being a disciple means I do it. I live it. I work it through. And so what we're talking about is strengthening a discipleship base. So, I want to encourage you. Because this theme of strengthening is going to take commitment, desire, hard work, dedication, and sacrifice. You need to make discipline a friend. As I go through my regime, I have to do that every day, 25 minutes a day. 
the, the girls, the kids laugh at me all the time when they're seeing me doing it. They can laugh all they want, but I'm committed to making discipline a friend of mine. Caroline actually said to me, and I'll close with this, uh, this part. Caroline said to me, you do realize once you've got where you want to get to, because there's a particular jacket that I bought that's too small for me, and I'm committed to getting it. When, I, when I'm in it, I'll show you. Is that okay? I'll show you this jacket. It's a really sweet jacket. I only paid $25 for it. It was $500, and I paid $25 for it. It was a bargain. Everybody say bargain. It was a bargain, honestly. But I can't fit in it. So, uh, But I am going to fit in it. I am going to fit it. And she said to me, she said, Christian, you realize once you get in that jacket, she says, you are going to need to do this every day for the rest of your life. And there was a real jab in the trust looking Caroline. She really laid it in. But she's right, because we need to make discipline a friend of ours so we become stronger and deeper. Paul's going to come and talk about stronger we. And um, so let's welcome Michelle as he comes and, uh, and shares with us. Yeah, strengthening. That's what we want to see, strengthening. And uh, I love the tag team uh, sort of, uh, you know, idea. Uh, I, I can't, if those of you who are my age remember Mick McManus. He, he, he was the baddie. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to be the baddie. I'm no. going to be the goodie, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I just love Arena Church. And what we're, what we're talking about is strengthening. And can I just give you an example? I was just sat down there, just getting ready to come up. And Andy just whispered in my ear, when you get up, pull your jumper down at back. And that's only a little thing, isn't it? But what would I look like if I got my jumper up like that? People would have been laughing at me. <laughs> and that's what I love about her in the church, because there are people here who look after you, who care about you, who want the best for you, who want to strengthen you. And they've just, uh, just got your back all the time. And we just had an incredible... 2013. What an incredible year we've had at Arena Church. And I just know that God is going to do something, some extraordinary things in us and through us as we go deeper and grow stronger in Him in 2014. So I'm going to talk about small groups. Now at Mansfield, uh, we've uh, started running small groups and it's been an incredible journey since 2013. I know that some of you uh, have come to the small group and it's not that small at the moment. We had 23 at our house uh, for a Christmas fuddle, Christmas get-together, and it was quite, quite busy. Uh, but what a fantastic time. And we're seeing amazing things happening. You know, uh, when the um, Mansfield lights, Christmas lights were put on, the small group got together and said, shall we do something? So we actually went outside the church, opened the church up for teas, free teas and coffees, mince pies, and we gave out mince pies, hot chocolate, teas and coffees to people who were passing by. And they were just, why are you doing this? Why is it free? How much do you have to pay? You don't have to pay anything. It's free. We just want to bless you. And that's one of the powers of small group, that we can do things like that. So I hear you asking, some of you are asking, why small groups? Why now? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, because that's what I'm going to talk about. Well, to put it simply, Arena Church Ilkeston and Arena Church Mansfield are growing. And as a leadership team, we believe we will continue to grow, both spiritually and numerically, along the M1 corridor. 
And we believe that if we don't invest time in starting to set up small groups this year, we face a danger of stalling and potentially missing out on God's move, his momentum and his favor. We believe small groups can help us not only maintain the growth, but speed the growth spiritually and numerically and help us grow stronger, dig deeper and be more resilient so that we can impact the community that we live in. I love Arena Church and I love what it stands for. And if you're not aware of this, we've got a, a Arena Church booklet, DNA. The DNA of Arena Church. What Arena Church stands for. It's available on the resources. I'd encourage you to read it. And I've read that book, that, that, that booklet. And there are, there's two passages that stood out to me that typifies what small groups can bring to the culture of Arena Church. And these are the declaration on discipleship and passion. That's what a small group should be about. Discipleship and passion. They are not cliques. They are not factions. They are not meeting places where people get together to moan about things. They are not a holy huddle. Ideally, small groups should uh, number between 8 to 12. Fewer than 8, you don't have the resources to serve the community. More than 12 to 14, then the group becomes more practically difficult to run. In Mansfield, our small group at the moment is 23, 22, something like that. We need more leaders. We need to be able to multiply the groups. We need, we need, we need more leaders who are willing to step up, and take a risk, try something new for a change. So, why are, what are small groups about? The purpose of small groups to develop individuals' relationship with God. Every small group should start the meeting in worshipping Jesus. Christ should be the very foundation stone of every small group. Lift Jesus high first and foremost, and God draws near. The Holy Spirit draws near. And the dynamics of the group change. People who come in from work, and we've seen this in our small group, and I've got to say at times, if I'm being honest, I've come in from work and I thought, small group tonight, oh just don't feel like it. I feel tired. I feel weary. All I want to do is kick my shoes off, curl up on the, on the sofa, and watch some rubbish on the TV. If I'm being honest. And then the small group people arrive. Hello, come on in. Have a cup of tea. Yes, oh, it's great to see you. It's really great to see you. But at the end of the evening, I go away. And I just, I just, I know I've met with God. And something happens in the dynamic of the small groups. Weary people, when they start praising and worshipping Jesus, become rejuvenated. So small groups should allow a place and a moment in a busy life where people can grow in their relationship with God. Be trained in the works of Jesus. Servanthood. Servanthood is a very, very important part in small groups. Learning how to serve each other and the church. Putting other people's needs before your own. It's difficult training, but Christ-like. The small groups, whilst caring for each other, should always be outward-facing. Looking to see how they can help and reach out to their community to show God's love. Every small group will be expected to be involved in some way in outreach and serving their community. 
And it can take many varied forms. I don't know, um, volunteering to, to paint the village hall. Many years ago, we had a, a small group that went and uh, had a connection with a, a, a home in Nottingham for young ladies who had found themselves uh, uh, with child but, and no support from the family. And so we went and decorated the house. What a fantastic evening that was. Just people just getting together to do something for the community. So every small group would be expected to be involved. I, I mean, just something as simple as going into the marketplace and handing chocolate out or a bottle of water. I remember doing it in Mansfield Marketplace and one guy said, we'd like a free bar of chocolate. Why? What's wrong with it? Nothing. We're just a, a group of Christians who just want to bless you. We just want to share the love of God with you. Oh, right. Thank you. And they took it away very suspicious. But we've seen, we've seen great things happen. We've had some great conversations with people. And it's not about converting people to come to the church or to believe in God. It's just about showing the love of God to people, to the community. And slowly but surely, the communities are changed. A place where you learn to relate to the Word of God personally and practically for daily life. We all should read the Bible, we know that. But how do we make it applicable to our daily lives? How do we live out the Word of God at work, at home, at college, at school? How do we? Well, small groups help you to work it out together. And, and though all, each group may be slightly different, because we're all different, but we work it through together work out life together. And when the love of Jesus is there, you walk through things in love. So small groups can help to assist integration into church life. People need to connect quickly with others. It is often said that if someone comes to a new church and doesn't relate to at least seven people, they are not likely to remain for long. And as the church grows, you would think it would be more easier to meet people because there's more people to meet. But very often, it can be feel very isolating, very lonely in a larger church. So small groups allows people to become rooted into church, to, to belong and feel valued, to find a place where their gifts can be used. This is not always possible on a Sunday morning due, or Sunday evening due to time restraints. But how do you learn to speak in tongues? How do you learn how to prophesy or learn how to use the other gifts of the Holy Spirit? How do you learn to pray? How do you learn to pray out loud? Small groups should be a place where you feel safe enough to step out in faith. A place where you are actively encouraged to have a go. Small groups provide pastoral care. It's a place where people can receive help. Now, sometimes we pray for people, and sometimes the power and presence of God comes on, pow, and instantly people are changed. But more often than not, when we have problems, we need to walk through that particular problem. And it may take weeks or months when you've got friends supporting you, walking through that problem with you until you break through into victory. That is the power of small groups. It provides a safe place for people to learn how to help each other through their problems. A place to celebrate both challenging and good times together. A place where people can belong and be known and enjoy each other's company. Develop deep and long-lasting relationships. Be accepted to grow and to mature. And small groups will always reflect the vision and values of Arena Church. It, play, it provides a place where our vision 
and values can be taught and caught. It is a place where new leaders can be identified, trained, developed, empowered, and released. It allows new groups to be developed and multiplied. It allows a church to grow numerically and in health. It enables a large church, and I believe Arena Church is going to be a large church. It enables a large church to function without losing the feel of family. So we, uh, initially, small groups will meet every two weeks. We, uh, we meet on a Thursday night at Mansfield, but hopefully when we get more groups, they'll either meet Thursday or Friday night, I would assume, because we want to keep Tuesday nights free for prayer and for discipleship training. But each group, although they may be different because they'll be led by different personalities, each group will have the DNA of arena running through it. Discipleship, passion, reaching out to the poor and lost, being fathers and mothers to the spiritually orphaned in our community. So over the next few weeks and months, you'll hear more about small groups. You'll hear more about what's happening with small groups. And hopefully we'll be seeing small groups in Mansfield multiply and grow, multiply and grow, multiply and grow until we see small groups throughout this area. So, if you are interested in coming on this fantastic journey with us, if you want to know more about small groups, I'm sure you've got lots of questions to ask, like, if I, if I go to a small group, will you tell me which one I've got to go to? No, it's not about telling you which one you've got to go to. It's about relationship. It's about you finding out which one's best for you. Can you imagine if we've got 20 small groups in Mansfield? You can go and try each one, see which one suits you best. 20 groups in Mansfield. Now, if none of them suit you, well, you're perhaps in the wrong church. But, <laughs> but can you imagine that? It's built on relationship. So if you want to find out about small groups and you want to be part of small group, whether you want to be a host, just you say, oh, I can't lead, but I'm willing to open up my home and provide teas and coffees for people. Or you want to lead then please come and have a word with me and Liz after the service. Small groups, a way of strengthening we together. Amen. I just said to Andy, Andy, is there anything that you need to just be checking me out, make sure I thought I'm a, you know... Let me, just, um, let me just say that I really value what Paul and Liz, uh, both of them to, together, are doing on small groups and um, how they've modeled it here. And just one very brief story from me. I was really impacted by this. Some of you were part of, part of, of this. There was a lady who was coming into, um, we'd launched out in September, the opening of this building, and there was a lady who'd been renowned for just wandering the streets not a, not a young lady. Um, she'd been coming a few weeks, and then I heard that the small groups had taken apart upon themselves to just gather together toiletries and soaps and shampoos and just things that could help this uh, precious lady, and not just her, but other people as well. There was no instigation from Phil or myself, or it needed to be an eldership decision, a small group. And there's the power of just working together. I love it. Love what you're doing. And I'm believing 
uh, that we're going to see literally many, many small groups across this M1 corridor. And uh, so please, you know, we want to grow stronger together. And I'd really encourage you to, to go on that journey. And I know they're already up to 22, 23, but if you'd like to be part of the small group, then please see Paul and Liz as well. You'd be very, very welcome. Just in these closing moments, and I will, I will be, be, be brief, genuinely. I just wonder, Jordan, if we could just put on the screen the, the passage that I just want to close it to get, uh, off with. Because we've just introduced the whole thought of s- developing strength to our core, laying a foundation of strength in. We've talked about how we can be stronger together. And all this needs unpacking. They're just bite-sized things for you, really. And even in these closing moments that I've got, it's impossible to unpack how we can develop strong lives. But I just want to give you a taster. And, and I, I know next week Phil will be addressing uh, some if- issues with regards to strengthening, and it'll keep rolling out of us uh, over the course of this year. But as I close, I just want to just highlight something to you from the, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 7. Has anybody ever read... Um, The Gospel of Matthew. Just give me a wave if you have. Don't worry if you haven't. Okay. As many of you have. If you haven't, what I'd like to say, because it's not in my notes, if you have not got a Bible, we make two wrong assumptions in church. We make many assumptions that are wrong in the church, but around the Bible. The first assumption is this. Nobody's interested in reading the Bible. That's not true. There's lots of people who are interested in reading the Bible because they want to know more. Okay, and the second thing, assumption that we make is everybody owns a Bible. They don't. So if you don't own a Bible, but you'd like to read it or you'd like to know more, then please come and see us and we'd like to give you a Bible for free. A Bible that you'll understand, not in these and thous and all the old language, but a contemporary Bible that we'd like to give to you. Is that okay? So please just go up to the resource office. If we haven't got one here, we'll take your name and address. It isn't a ploy to get your name and address and then you're going to have people door knocking on you. It's not the case at all. We'll just get it mailed out to you and sent to you. But in the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus, from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he he, he does something very significant. There's a group of people that gather. It was at the early start of his ministry. He begins to talk to them about life. Many people think the Bible is just full of rules and regulations and has no relevance to life today. It does. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is incredibly relevant. We did a series called Laws That Live and Lifting the Bar. Because Jesus begins to talk to anger, begins to talk to unfaithfulness, begins to talk to forgiveness, envy, strife, worry, fear. All the issues that you and I have to handle, yeah? They're just part of our life. And Jesus begins to talk to these things very practically, very compassionately, but very directly. And at the end of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he draws it all to a close by telling a story that if you've, you know, most of us have been in school, we've heard this school story or because I once heard this at school, or we've been to Sunday school, or we've just some kind of, kind of heard it. It tells a story about uh, a wise and foolish builder. Yeah? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about. Just a wise and foolish builder. And there's a real contemporary slant on it from the message, and I'd just like to read it through, if I may, and just make a few comments. In verse 24, he says, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. These words that I'm speaking about are foundational words. Foundational words. If you want to build a great life, a strong life, you need to make sure you've got good foundations. You need to make sure you've got good foundations. Foundational words. Listen, 
get this, words to build a life on. Uh-huh. I meet a lot of people. In, in, these, in these last two or three weeks, I've met a guy who's wealthy, who's got a seeming like everything together, and he says to me, he says, my world is just rubbish. My world is rubbish. It all looks good, but it's just complete rubbish. How do I build a life? How do I build a life? I'll be here tonight thinking, well, how do I build a life? Well, I actually do believe the best way to build your life is building upon Jesus, the rock. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So it's just words to build a life on. You see, if you work these words, what are these words? Well, the previous words, five, six, into your life, you just weave them into your life. Just weave them in. So they just become all around you. They're just in you. This is your value. These words become your value. These words become your passion. These words guide you. If you weave these into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. Why? Because it was built, it was fixed upon the rock. You see, listen to me. We're all big people here. Stuff happens to every one of us. Not nice stuff. Horrible stuff. Difficult stuff. Painful stuff. Disappointments. Fears. Worries. Crisis. Drama. Pain. Hurt. Tears. All that stuff hits all of our lives. And even as Christian people, you think it's about coming to Jesus and all your, you know, you never have any trouble, you are in the wrong church. Because it isn't how it works. Remember, these things come to us to make us stronger. If we want to get stronger, it's resistance training that makes us stronger. So rain comes to all of our lives, but if we'll build upon the rock, we'll stand firm. But then Jesus contrasts it by saying, But if you just use my words, in Bible studies, he's not knocking Bible studies, and he says, and don't work them into your life, so you just hear it, oh, that's good, but I'm living how I'm going to live. I'm going to do how I'm going to do it. Well, my dad once said, my mum, my grandma used to say, listen to me, that's how a lot of people live their lives, by what granny said, and granny might have said a lot of good things. But granny wasn't always right. Your dad might have said a lot of good things, but your dad wasn't always right. I can say that because my dad's not here tonight. But he wasn't always right. And you hear me, mom, he's never right. But anyway, we best not go there. (laughs) You see, we've got to make sure that we use, weave his words into our life. But most people that we can come across just take God's word and don't work them into our lives And God says, you're like a stupid carpenter. We're not allowed to use the word stupid in our house. I've got four children. You can imagine. Stupid in everything. Opportunity we say it's banned. You're not allowed to say the word stupid. It's not allowed. But I'm allowed to use it here tonight because this is what the message says. (laughs) You are like a stupid carpenter. 
Listen to me. I am not wanting to be offensive with you, but if you are building your life on something other than Jesus, you are stupid. And I really don't want to be offensive to you. That sounds offensive. And it may be that you've been doing it because you've known no other thing. Over the new year and Christmas, there's been people who've been building their lives in Mansfield. I'm going doing the pub crawls. Getting jolly. Because they've been told that that's how you get happy. Yeah? Well, they're happy for the moment. But then what about the day after? When they don't feel so happy? There's been people who said, because the adverts tell us, if you'll buy this and buy that and buy the other thing, then you'll be happy. And they've done that over Christmas, and guess what? They're not very happy, and they won't be very happy at the end of January when the bill hits. I'm not knocking having a drink, and I'm not knocking buying gifts. Arena Church won't speak to those things. All I'm talking about, if that's the basis for happiness, then it's building our life on something that's shaky, right? And the Bible says, you're stupid, and people have been doing stupid things because they know no different. So if you're here tonight and you've never heard anything like this before, well, just listen up, just in these closing moments, because Jesus is wanting to get your attention. Because you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the, rock, on the sandy beach. Verse 27, you see the storms roll in, and they roll into all of us, Christians and non-Christians alike. They wave in, they come crashing, and what happens to that house? I love what Peterson writes, it collapses like a house of cards. You see, there's no substance, there's no foundations. If you want to build a strong life, you've got to make sure that we've got good foundations. Strong foundations, deep foundations. It's not building upon, yeah Andy, you want to just jump on the keys. It's not about going to church. It's not about reading your Bible. It's not about praying. There's lots of people who do that. A lot of people who lighting candles and all kinds of things. Been to Sunday school. Well, I'm a religious person. I give, I give to charity. They're all wonderful things. Sir, madam, they are wonderful things. Some people, you're faithful. You've been faithful to your wife, to your husbands. You've raised great kids. That's all wonderful things. They're great things. I love to see that. But the, that won't get you to Jesus. That will not get you to God. The life that we need to build is established upon the rock, Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus, when he was asked a question in John in chapter 3, his response was to Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's a strange phrase. You must be born again. And then he goes on, well, how can a man be born twice? He said, no, you're misunderstanding me. You see, there needs to be a heart change. There's a turnaround that begins to happen. Instead of running and pursuing all the things of this world, shaky stuff, sandy stuff, we say, no, 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 no longer. I'm going to build my house upon the rock. I'm going to dig great foundations. And the best decision that you and I can make through the course of 2014 is to live for Jesus, to just Dig our foundation centered on Jesus. If you've never done that tonight, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus and say, for the very first time, Christian, would you pray for me? 
because I want to build my house upon the rock. One other thing that I just want to say to you. Once you make that decision, as many of you have, because this, this church is growing in arena, can I just ask us to be people of the Bible? People of the Word. Because out of the Word, God speaks to us. When I open the pages of this book, I can't help but see the face of Jesus. I see Jesus every time in this book. I see God in this book. He speaks to me. He chastises me. He encourages me when I feel so discouraged. He encourages my heart. When I need it, he has just what I need. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He has just, he knows the right thing to say at the right time. But also when I need a strong kick up the, you know what, I get it when I read the Bible. You see, this isn't just a fusty old book that we just bring out for christenings and funerals. This is the living word. This is God's word to you and to me. It guides us, it helps us, it shows us how to live our lives. It shows us what to do in every day of our life. David Sherman, who's a retired minister in Nottingham, three years ago said, never mind Facebook, we need to get into his book. And I'm not against Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those kinds of things. But what I am saying is, it's not about Facebook, it's about his book. See, out of this book, he begins to just speak to us and shows, shows us how to live our life. And again, we become stronger in our lives. We become deeper. God does something deep within us as we just give ourselves to this book. You'll be stronger. Let me challenge you as Phil sends out the weekly readings, the month through the monthly reading plan. Just begin to take a few verses. I'm inspired by people who I follow on Twitter because I do do Twitter. When I see that Paul is in particular, I've completed another day of a reading plan that he's on. Wonderful. Let's get in this book. If you're not a believer tonight, you may say, well, does that include me? Yeah, yeah, because God will speak to you. You're going to get wonderfully born again as you read this book. I promise you, your life will never be the same when you begin to read this book. And start at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Forget the Old Testament for the time being. Just start in those books and begin to see Jesus. And Jesus will reveal himself to you in a very, very wonderful way. I wonder if you just bow our heads.